Hello, everyone. I am so excited. We have back with us today Daryl Hatton. He's the CEO and founder of Fundraiser. We're talking about nonprofit crowdfunding today. This is such an important message for our nonprofit friends, please. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're an individual wanting to raise money for a cause or whatever, you don't want to miss this episode. So stick around. Welcome to the Your Mark on the World show with your champion of social good, Devin D. Thorpe. This episode is made possible via the support of our sponsors, including Johnson & Johnson's Caring Crowd. Daryl, welcome to the show. Hey, Devin. Thanks for having me back. Always love talking with you. We're thrilled to have you, and uh, I want to thank you again for sponsoring the uh, Giving Tuesday Streamathon we did uh, back in late November. Uh, what a successful, fun event that was, and we really appreciate your support for making that work. Your ability to talk all day long is frightening. <laughs> At the same time, it's, it's awe-inspiring. So. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I, you know, it was just amazing. You know, we were able to pull together, uh, it was about 95 mm -hmm. interviews to do in a 24-hour period, and oh my gosh, I was just in pig heaven. Uh, I really was. Uh, just so inspiring to talk to one person after another all around the world, Africa, Asia, Europe, the United States, and Canada, just everywhere talking about their great projects. It just was, you know, like I say, pig heaven for me. And we really appreciate your support. Um, Happy to be there. Daryl, one of the things uh, that we talked about that day, you and I, has stuck with me as being one of the most really, truly profound uh, insights uh, around crowdfunding for nonprofits that I've heard in a long time. And that was the idea that nonprofits would benefit from doing lots of small campaigns mm. rather than one big campaign. And so that means you need a partner who can deliver that. But why don't you... I, 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 I've been thinking about this almost nonstop since you mentioned it because I'm so excited about this concept. But why do you think that is such a powerful insight? You know, it's really interesting. Um, I think your experience of what we're seeing is that this starts to infect the way you think about projects and the way you think about funding. Um, we call it micro projects. You know, the old concept of divide and conquer take a big project, divide it into a whole bunch of small pieces and work on funding those pieces. And so uh, one of the things that, the reason it works is that as donors, we wanna solve problems. We wanna finish them. We don't wanna just um, uh, you know, contribute to a never ending goal and, and continuously fund an organization. We want them to stick around, but we wanna feel like we're making progress along the way. And by breaking a project into small pieces and funding each of those pieces separately, we can really easily demonstrate that progress and we can demonstrate the value that your gift has done. You know, we talk about it this way. I, one of the really easy to see examples of this is the idea of a pet rescue. In most major cities, they unfortunately have a kill shelter that takes animals that have been found and, and will either try and get them adopted or unfortunately have to put them down if they, they can't find someone. Associated with most of those, there's a nonprofit that starts up that is a rescue society. And their goal is to try and save as many of those animals as possible by helping getting them ready for adoption. 
if you want to run a major center, they'll do a million, $2 million a year budget in order to save maybe 2,000 animals. Uh, if you try and fund $2 million project to save animals in a city and I've got $50 to spend, I don't feel like I moved the needle at all. I didn't do anything. But if we break that up into the 2,000 animals and each animal has its own micro project, the goal is now $500. And if I give $50 to saving the story of Fluffy, and Fluffy just was unfortunately in the shelter, needs a, you know, a bath and a haircut and, and uh, some shots and maybe a new collar, and now is ready for adoption by some little girl who's going to love her forever, this is a great story. And so I feel like when I gave that money, I made a huge difference. I mean, I really got fluffy close to the, the end uh, line, the goal line. And that idea can be repeated many, many, many times over the course of a week, a year, a month, along the way. So that's why I think it, it really works is because it makes it so much more tangible what our gifts are doing and the feeling of impact that we can create from them. Yeah. Now this seems to me, and, and the the exciting nuance for me was seeing that the nonprofit itself could do this as well. But there's sort of been a long-standing idea that uh, at least didn't seem to me to be. Um, it, it's equally important, but not as novel. This idea that it would be great to have your your fans do some of the fundraising mm. for you, to set up a campaign for you as well, and and. I think you'd agree from your experience that that is also a powerful tool when your fans go out and they choose to raise 500 or $1,000 for you, uh, that that's effective. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the big things that we can talk a little bit more about as we go through this call, but the, the shifting demographics and the change in the behavior of the donors. Um, you know, as we look at, at what we call digital natives, the millennials and, and the uh, Generation Z or Z, the, those that are born, you know, around the turn of the century, they've always had the Internet around. They may not have a lot of disposable income at this point, but they're very interested in being advocates for you. And so in some cases like this, one of the best things to do is to give them tools to help them go help you raise money. Peer-to-peer -peer funding events are well-known for this, doing bike you know, rides and walks and runs and things like that. But it can happen on this individual level. If you imagine you can get somebody to take on the role of fundraising for Fluffy and pick a project off your website and say, we're going to make sure Fluffy gets funded. And they share that with their friends. A $500 goal is quite manageable for an advocate to, to go and help raise that money in their community. And so by making the technology really easy to use and easy to manage, and um, self-service as much as possible, you can take advantage of this, this army of advocates that you can start to build and, and get their energy involved in your fundraising. The great thing about it for the advocate is that they can feel like they made a difference. Like they really, you know, they can kind of chalk it up among the friends and go, hey, we saved like four, four puppies this year. And that's a, um, for this digital native audience, that level of self-expression and self-actualization is really important to who they are. So it's a, it's tapping into a really nice trend for that. Yeah. And the you have focused on pets, and they're an obvious case. But most nonprofits, if they give it some thought, could identify ways to break down the work they do 
uh, either to individuals or other small projects. Uh, and, and small projects would vary from organization to organization, thing to thing, time to time. Sometimes it might be $500 for uh, a small thing and $50,000 for a bigger small thing, but that's still easier than raising $5 million at a time through crowdfunding. Oh, for, for sure. Um, the, one of the challenges is trying to get your head around how does, it, how does the work that the nonprofit does break down into digestible chunks for people to think of? And, you know, we've seen examples of this in um, girls' education. The, one of the, the great examples is a cause called One Girl Can. They were focused on building schools in Eastern Africa because they know that if they can help get these girls educated, it substantially changes community life, both in the way they raise their children and the way that they contribute to the community and even the level of power in the community, who gets to decide. So what they were doing is they were building these schools and they'd fund a project for the school. What they started to experiment on earlier last year was the idea of telling the story of each girl individually. Now, overall, they're still funding the school, but they're funding the girls' access to that school as the way they communicate the story. And, and they're going for $3,500 each, each girl, and they're finding that they're getting them funded. Because people can now put a face on the story about how they're helping this girl. And, you know, Purdy wants to be an engineer. How do we help Purdy get through her, her education to the point where she's attained that degree? And then they can talk about the next girl. So it, that was an example of breaking up funding schools into talking about the students as the way to fund the school. We can do this with poverty. We can do this with um, food. We can do this with... Uh, mental or health services. There's all sorts of different ways to talk about taking care of an individual as opposed to taking care of the collective. I, I want to, you've been very generous with helping us think through strategy, and that is incredibly valuable no matter what platform anyone is using for doing this stuff. But let's take a minute and give people some clarity around how you make tools available on your platform to do exactly this. What what do people do on your platform to make this work? Well, you know, thanks for the kind words, because one of the things that I think we've discovered our mission along the way is we want to try and reimagine philanthropy. How can we take and, and take some digital media marketing concepts and some psychology concepts and the idea that if we connect causes, corporations, and consumers together, we can solve these problems more easily and enable that with technology. And so with our, we have what we call an enterprise crowdfunding platform. And that takes some of the best of all the, the techniques for working in social media and working with a community and getting them engaged as advocates and turns it into a, a, a highly efficient and effective way of raising money. So someone will come to our site. Um, you know, we have all sorts of examples of uh, nonprofits like Habitats for Humanities or Boys and Girls Clubs or Boy Scouts or, you know, uh, church groups, things like that. They'll run, start working with us by running a peer-to-peer -peer event. They'll, they'll do their, their walk or their run or a climb, a rappelling event down the side of a building. And then we're trying to help them see how they could then use things like microprojects to break it down. So the technology is really about helping them run their campaign, publish the campaign, work with social media to bring the community together and grow that community, and then move them along towards the idea of advocacy, making it really easy for them to do the advocacy themselves. 
so you know it's it's easy to get to it's um one of our other goals is to make this really easy to afford and we actually let people run all of our peer-to-peer -to -peer tools and all of our advanced functionality for free we don't charge fees for that we just take a commission on the amount of money that they raise and it's small i mean in the case of uh our even most advanced setup that anybody could use we take five percent as a commission but if a lot of, of our customers use our free plan, where literally we just ask the donors to pay an optional tip to help us run the platform. And as a result, more of the money stays with the nonprofit, and there's no barrier to entry to try this stuff. It's really about experimentation at that point. Hey, can we try something with our community, learn how to talk to them, and we use the technology to make that easy to do. Yeah. Well... Uh, I think this is profound, and I, I appreciate you sharing that. Daryl, you've been at this for a while, not just at Fundraiser, but you've had a successful career up to this point. What are you most proud of having accomplished? My kids, um, but that's uh, not professional. Um, you know, I think one of the things that happened out of this is that we discovered along the way the good that we were creating. I set out to create a company that would help me raise money for my lacrosse team. And, you know, I was trying to scratch my own itch. We had to, uh, you know, do 50-50 draws and all sorts of things. And it was just difficult to make that work. So I, I started to investigate how could we use social media to do that. And out of that idea grew a company that helps, helps make a pretty big impact for a lot of nonprofits. You know, we've raised $135 million dollars for over 200,000 projects in over 30 countries now. And that all started with the idea of, hmm, how, I wonder if I can get my guys to pay me online for, for playing lacrosse. So I think having it go from that idea into the company and along the way discovering the mission of what we do is really how do we help people do this. Um, I'm proud of the that we kind of allowed that to happen or that we didn't drive it with just straight commercial activity along the way. There was a lot of heart involved because we discovered that that's what our customers wanted us to do, and uh, that's what they appreciated about us, is how much we really wanted to help them win. So it's, it's kind of concepts that you talk a lot about, you know, how do we help each other succeed? And uh, by working together, we can solve a lot of these social funding problems or, or challenges in the planet, um, you know, and tell the success story that comes out of that. That's, I think, the most part I'm most proud is that we've got a team that really lives that every day and uh, we get to do some good and have some fun. It's a lot of fun. It really is a yeah. lot of fun. So Daryl, uh, again, you've, you've learned a lot. What's the most important lesson you've learned over your career? Wow. Um, being yourself and authentic is one of the best ways to succeed it it drives people crazy because it feels so risky at times but i think that for me the more i was able to be myself in doing this job and uh you know lead from that uh follow my team or participate with my team from that point of view has been one of the biggest learnings along the way of uh how powerful authentic connection with other people can be in creating change you know, there's, there's a lot of this job. Um, it's hardly a job. I mean, I call it, it's not a four letter word to go to work. <laughs> we love this, but it, um, 
it's been transformational because it really is about trying to live those higher ideals and then watching them come to play. They really do come out in the natural occurrence of what we do. You know, basic ideas like be generous, um, be helpful. If they don't have a way of working it with us, can we help them find a way to do it? Um, you know, care about the person at the other end of the line and try and listen to what's really going on as opposed to the noise of the way the question is phrased sometimes. Things like that are, are, are um, a little hard to communicate sometimes, but by demonstrating and living in that way, it really it works a lot differently and, and we get a lot better result. Excellent. Daryl, you could be doing anything in the tech world, not that you do this for free and don't have some great upside with this enterprise, but uh, you know, the, you're a super capable guy. Why get into this business of helping nonprofits raise money? Um, a, you know, it started off with the idea that there was just a commercial opportunity there. I think the thing that drives me through the times when we weren't making a whole bunch of money and we're not, we're still not, it's not a really lucrative business. Um, we invest everything we have back into making the technology work better is I think I'm moved by some of the problems that we have in the world and how, when we turn our mind to it, we solve them. Uh, you know, I think that if we work hard enough, we'll solve some of these climate change issues. We'll solve some of the issues with our food supply and pollution in the oceans and things like that. We, but we have to really get behind the idea that we can do it. So this is an, um, a place, you know, working with, with nonprofits and, and corporates, corporate partners who want to help them. I mean, a big trend that's coming is corporations are really looking at how do they help make a change in the world because their consumers are demanding that they stand for something and that they want to buy from businesses that are doing good in the world. But so helping nonprofits is just a rich field of, of opportunity to help make things better. And so from a personal satisfaction point of view, it feels really great that we can help so many other things move along. Um, you know, I think, if, if you will, there was a bit of a founding story that happened. When we started fundraiser, we really didn't understand what we were doing. Like, we didn't understand why. It wasn't about saving the world. It was about building a business. And then in that very first year, in um, you know, we launched in July. And at Christmas, we got a, a Christmas card from one of our customers. And the woman said that she'd been on in the Hawaiian Islands and with her husband. And... They discovered that their daughter had childhood leukemia and that they weren't, you know, they didn't have health insurance. They were living off the grid. They actually didn't have regular income at that point. And they found a hospital, the military hospital in San Diego would take their daughter in for treatment, but they had to get her there. They would take her because the father was originally in the military. So she put up a fundraiser page and she raised, I don't know, I think it was $3,000 or $3,500 to get them all plane tickets in a hurry to San Diego. And when they arrived, the doctor said to her, so this took, I don't know, three, three days. When they arrived, the doctor said to her, if you hadn't got her here by today or tomorrow, she might likely have died because childhood leukemia moves so quickly. So she wrote us uh, a note saying, thank you for helping save my daughter's life. And that was like, wait, we did what? And we didn't understand at that point the impact that helping people raise money was having in their personal lives 
And then we saw it later in helping the nonprofits deliver their mission. They could fund so many more puppy dogs. They could they could fund so many more, you know, days of food for for homeless people, and you know, a whole variety of different results in the world. And that was kind of the epiphany moment where we went, wait, there's a lot more to this game than we thought. And once we started to be able to focus on that, it it really changed our experience of working here. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why the team is so passionate about it is that it's nice to go to bed every night going, yeah, we, we did some good today. Yeah, boy, for sure. Well, Daryl, what is your superpower? <laughs> um, I seem to have the ability for people to trust me quickly. And the, I, I deserve that because I'm quite trustworthy. But uh, I, I seem to be able to make connection with people really quickly. And I love that. I think it helps me um, bring out the best of who they are in quickly because I like doing that. And um, uh, it's a ton of fun to be able to have that kind of connection with people. Oh, fantastic. Well, Daryl, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, before you go, would you take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Fundraiser and how they can connect with you personally? Oh, for sure. Um, connecting with Fundraiser, if you, I mean, check out our, our website, fundraiser.com, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R or R-A-Z-R if you're Canadian, uh, fundraiser.com. And you can see it up on the, the screen up here, just that.com. And uh, you can learn a lot more about our tools. In particular, there's a kind of a how it works page tour that gives you some idea of the depth of the different kinds of options that we have. If they want to connect with me personally, um, you know, I'm really publicly visible on LinkedIn. And, uh, um, you know, if you send through a, a request, please mention that they saw me on the show because they also get a lot of salespeople that try and hit me there. But, um, you know, if you're, if someone's wanting to have this conversation more, always interested in trying to help explain how micro projects can work, how social fundraising can work, and really how we can kind of transform the donor's experience so that we can reimagine how this works and get a lot more um, repeatable, sustainable funding going on for the causes that we work with. Oh, fantastic. Well, Daryl, thank you again for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in continuing to make such a big difference in the world. Devin, it's always a pleasure to be on your show, and, and you please keep doing what you're doing because you're telling a very important strategy that I think is in the, needed in the world, which is to be, you know, communicate the successes that are happening and to be grateful for them. You're very good at being grateful for them, and that's one of the if I think of things in my life, I think that's one of the key characteristics I tell people is remember to be grateful all the time because it creates opportunities that you have no idea would have come your way. So thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you. Thank you. And again, good luck to you. So uh, let's do some good. At Caring Crowd, we believe everyone has the power to make a difference. Through our crowdfunding platform for community health, we empower passionate people to drive real change. Whether you work for a nonprofit organization, volunteer, or want to get involved for the first time, you can post a campaign on Caring Crowd. Join us, because caring is where change begins. Thank you for listening. Devon Thorpe's mission is to end extreme poverty, improve global health, 
and mitigate climate change before 2045 by finding and sharing the stories of those who are doing the most good. You can join with other listeners to accelerate Devon's mission by visiting helpdevon.org right now.